0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Uh, Porick Horkin, he of the Horkin Garden Centre family joins us on the line to talk about summer gardening, but also to talk about the native Irish ash and its decline. Porrick, good morning.
1: Good morning to you, Pat. Well, it was actually after leaving you last Wednesday, Pat, as I was was travelling back to Mayo from Galway, I was just amazed at the amount of ashback disease on ash trees. So people will notice ashes come into leaf in the last three to four weeks. But for many ash, for most ash, they're missing about 50 or 60 percent of their foliage simply because over the last 10 years, ashback disease has been damaging. It's a fungal disease that damages the limbs and, and wood of our native ash tree, hence leaving them defoliated. And the limbs that are damaged are now rotting and are going to, paw, going to pose a huge problem as we come into windy weather in the autumn and winter period. I can see a lot of those limbs ending up on our national roadway. Yep. So it's actually at this time of year that the county council and the local landowners should be marking trees because they're very distinctive at the moment. You can actually okay, see you can see.
0: Damage. You've sent me a picture and literally half the tree on the left is bare of leaf and the other half is in full leaf. But the question is, is that tree doomed anyway, or can you just cut off the disease bits and carry on?
1: Well, I mean, certainly you can cut off the the, the the damaged area part. I mean, it's really more from a, hea- a, a health and safety aspect. I mean, that half of the tree is physically dead. It's not going to rejuvenate again. And the timber is just going to start to decompose and it's going to create a huge problem because a, a branch of an ash tree, ash is a hardwood, so it's extremely heavy. Anybody that burns ash knows the weight of the tree. So you're looking at limbs that could be up to a ton in weight. And you can imagine, those falling on cyclists or sure. walkers or cars or whatever. So it really, my advice is, is for landowners and, and old landowners and county councils at this time of year to do a survey of their uh, trees, particularly those overhanging public areas, and to mark those trees and remove those dead limbs because they're going to cause a huge problem. The other thing I've noticed, Pat, is that lots of ivy is shooting up through the branches because the canopy of, of foliage is not there. So ivy is getting a free... Run at scrambling up the trees, which again is going to add weight, particularly in the winter period. So,
0: is there any um, antifungal that can kill no. this condition?
1: There's no cure at the moment, and research has been done in Chagas here in Ireland looking at uh, varieties of ash that are showing resistance to the disease. So, you'll often see really healthy ash right beside uh, plants that are clearly damaged by the disease. So, hopefully, we'll be able to get varieties of our native ash that will be tolerant to the, to the ash dieback disease. But unfortunately, there's no treatment. And look, it, wouldn't, it would be impractical to try to spray trees or, or try to arrest the problem. I and mean, those that have it are going to succumb to the disease and eventually die. So my advice really is now is the time of year. Whilst they're in leaf, you can easily identify those that are damaged and particularly overhanging branches. They need to be uh, some work needs to be done on those.
0: All right, Park, loads of questions. We have to buy a ride-on lawnmower. As space is tight, we have to get one without a grass collector. We were told the grass will be mulched, so Mm. it will be okay to leave on the lawn. Is that true? Well,
1: mulching is is definitely a method of... um, Mulching is basically the cutting of grass several times. Make Making really small pieces so that they decompose uh, very quickly. Automatic mowers, Pat, the robotic mowers work in this fashion. Yeah. But for write ons and for general. Uh, push mowers or, or petrol mowers that are mulching, you need to be cutting the grass on a very, very regular basis. I mean, twice a week, really, because otherwise the, the grass becomes, yeah. you know, if you're leaving it for a week, it's not mulching it significantly. Now, I, I, long. I
0: saw it when we did a, a feature on Adair Manor. We saw the robotic mowers working yes. there. Uh, I was recently in Marlfield House, saw the robotic uh, mowers working there, and they just go about their business and keep on taking microscopic bits off the lawn every Every day, every day, uh, and therefore it does work. It um, does work, and but it, it work brilliantly. Yeah, because if ever you've had to mow the lawn and you've left grass, yes. longer grass on your lawn, it, it gets very mucky and dirty, and all the rest.
1: And and it creates as a it creates a problem called thatch, which is like a spongy. decomposing grass material underneath the blades of the grass. Your your grass ends up spongy, mossy, and so on. So I would generally take off grass, to be quite honest, if I'm mowing any area, and compost it, use it for compost. But the robotic mowers, I actually have one myself for five or six years now, and it works brilliantly. It really does.
0: All right. Another question. Uh, let's see this one about a, a graveyard. Uh, the grave of uh, that we're visiting is overrun by mare's tail. Oh, yeah. Any way to control it? That's uh, from Liz. That's her parents' uh, grave, overrun.
1: Yeah. So more correctly called horse tail. So horse tail is a small, uh, it, it actually dates back past, believe it or not, to the dinosaur age. So that's how long horse tail is actually with us. And it's at this time of year, it resembles a small little conifer. And because of the overuse of Roundup, we're seeing a huge amount of, of horsetail in cemeteries and in areas that are treated on a regular basis with Roundup, because Roundup won't kill horsetail. What you will find effective are any of the lawn treatments. So something like Dicofar is effective at controlling uh, horsetail it should be applied in, on a dry day add a little bit of washing up liquid put that over the horsetail and it'll kill it within three or four days now it will have to be repeated because horsetail is very very persistent
0: can you ask poric about white sticky dots on the leaves of basil what are they and how to treat
1: well, basil at this time of year, it, it needs to be kept inside. Check it for aphids, first of all, because the aphids love basil and that can appear as sticky substance, but also yellowing on the foliage as well, but also excessive sun. If it's in a really bright Kitchen windowsill, where it's getting a lot of sunshine, you can get scorching on basil leaves as well. They're very sensitive to, to uh, the sort of sunlight we're getting at the moment. So, if it's in a really, really bright south facing window, maybe move it to a, a slightly shaded area, but do te- check it for aphids as well. It sounds like that could be the problem.
0: We transplanted an evergreen oak in January of 2022. All of last year, the tree deteriorated with the leaves falling off or going brown, but this spring, we've noticed new growth when would be the Great. best time to prune back the dead twigs or branches? Should we give it the summer to progress before we prune? That's from Olivia. No.
1: Olivia, anything that's dead at the moment. So if it's brittle to the touch and it's breaking away, prune that away straight away because it's, a, it's of no use whatsoever. Um, so I would prune that actually today if you can or over the next couple of days. Prune back anything that's dead and the tree would be perfectly fine. Now, speaking of oak trees, Pash, I got a... a, a, a uh, advice, a caution from the Department of, Edu- uh, Department of Agriculture about, about processionary caterpillar, which is attacking oak trees at the moment. And if people see lots of caterpillars on oak, particularly a hairy caterpillar, please notify your local Chagas uh, yeah. office. It's I,
0: I have seen those in Portugal. I didn't realise we had processionary caterpillars here. They line up in like troops in a line.
1: That's how they get their name, Pat. And they're very, very destu- destructive on oak trees. There have been four cases seen in Dublin in the last couple of weeks. So it is here in Ireland due to climate warming and um, people should keep an eye out for it. So it's a very hairy caterpillar, as you say, They line up head to toe and they follow one another. But they're very destructive on our native oak trees. So if people do notice them, don't touch them because they can be harmful to humans and animals but do advise your local Chalkis
0: office. Has Porik any advice on how to control sawfly larvae attacking my birch trees, preferably a natural remedy? Will there be long-term damage as a result? That's from no, Vanessa.
1: Not really. I mean, birch are well able to put up with sawfly damage. So sawfly are like the reform of caterpillar path, they'll eat the foliage of plants, particularly gooseberries. They absolutely love gooseberries. You can, if it's a small bit of damage on a birch tree, the birch will grow out of that. And really with the warm temperatures, we're seeing lots of aphids, lots of caterpillars. In general, trees and shrubs are well able to compete with natural pests in the garden. So I'm not really a, a, an advocate for spraying everything once you see a pest. So if it's a young birch tree, certainly you could take, when you use one of the organic treatments like bug clear, which is made from Oil seed rape. But if it's a, a mature tree, then leave it alone. Allow the sawfly to enjoy itself. It's part of it. biodiversity.
0: I've a red robin tree, which has become huge. How can I reduce its size without getting rid of it? Can I just hack off the branches myself or is it a job for a tree surgeon? That's from Carmel. Well,
1: Carmel, it really depends on how big the Fortinia red robin is. I mean, they can grow up to 20 feet and 20 feet in diameter. Um, so if it's, it's a really large tree, then certainly you get in a tree surgeon. Again, the pruning of Fortinia is done in autumn or early spring before the nesting season. So I would leave well enough alone at the moment. And next winter, you could consider getting somebody in to advise you how to prune it back. Fortinia responds really well to pruning. So... Um, you know, it can be cut several feet, can be taken actually off the plant and it re- responds to that really well. My advice is really, pass with 14 red robin, keep it as a small plant. Give it a trim back every autumn and keep it to around six or seven free- feet. The more you prune it, the better the colour in the plant.
0: OK, I, uh, another one. Can you tell me about the butterfly plant, Budlia salvifolia? I've seen yeah. lots about how these need to be removed from the garden as they're too invasive.
1: Well, Budley, you'd often see a patch growing even in Dublin on, on some of the streetscapes. Budley will actually root into buildings and uh, it can cause major problems where it, it self seeds and runs around uh, because it literally grows in, in a tiny crack. But it produces beautiful flowers and it's called the butterfly plant simply because butterflies love the nectar. Now, in the garden, it's generally well behaved. So if you've got one in your garden, I have several in my garden, I prune them back in the autumn and they come back every summer they're absolutely beautiful so if it's pruned and managed it can be well well behaved but if it's allowed to seed and the seed can can spread and literally germinate in gravel and driveways and in old stone buildings so it does need to be controlled but prune it responds really bad well to pruning back in the autumn. So if you remove the old flower heads after flowering, it's not going to spread.
0: My olive tree is thriving. I bought it two months ago. Will I see olives this year? This is from Anne. Beware, Anne. You can't just pick them off the tree and eat them. Anyway, Boric.
1: Yeah, it's unlikely. It depends on the size of of the olive tree that that, uh, you purchase. It depends on on the maturity. They tend to take 8 to 10 years before they start to settle uh, of age before they settle down to to fruiting. So after two years, I doubt it's going to fruit this year for you.
0: Yeah, Um, Someone says that around their estate, they have about 20 of these ash trees. Uh, What should they be replaced with? Because they're nearly dead at the moment.
1: Well, I I mean, it depends on the space you have, but maybe some of our other native trees, birch. We talked about birch earlier, Pat. The birch tree makes a fabulous a tree in a in a la- lawned landscaped area with the beautiful white bark, particularly the Himalayan birch, Betula jackmanii, is a really nice tree. Sorbus, the mountain ash family, there's a whole range of different varieties in that with different coloured. Uh, berries in the autumn they flower in the spring so they're brilliant for the bees and fabulous for the birds than in the autumn so there's a whole range of sorbus or, or mountain ash family Whitebeam is another native irish tree that you could plant again where you've got plenty of space so there's lots of really good trees and um, that are more that we're well able to put up with any pest and disease problems and um, it's just ashes it's just you know it's it's uh, hugely damaged at the moment.
0: Porter Corkin, thank you very much for joining us, and that's all we have time for. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance.
1: Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.